May I speak in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Do please be seated. So I'm going to preach on that gospel reading today, so I hope you will all know it off by heart. Yes? No? (laughs) It's all right, don't worry. I'll remind you of the important bits. So churches, I've been thinking this week, are all very different. Different shapes, different sizes, different ways of doing things. I'm sure you've all noticed this as well when you've been to different places on holiday. One of the biggest questions, or the most often questions I get asked by people is, why did you do it that way and not that way, like so-and-so at St. Watsits? And I spend a lot of time explaining it. As a priest, really, you notice it when you get asked to go and visit somewhere and cover at short notice for someone else. And you get there and say, so how does this work here? And they go, oh, don't worry, it's just the usual. (laughs) And then they go, why didn't you do that thing in the middle that the other priest always does? There is no usual. We've got a broad pattern and we're all different. And when I arrived here three years ago, or three and a bit now, everything was very different to what I had been used to before. Then I just got used to it, and we all got kicked out of our building for COVID. And then you were all allowed back in again, but I wasn't allowed to come anywhere near you. And then you were allowed to come closer, but I had to keep everything covered, and we had to wash our hands differently. And half of us can't remember what we used to do before we changed. And now I'm about to go somewhere new, and everything's going to change again. And with five churches to look after on a rotor, I don't know if I'm going to know whether I'm coming or going most days. And the reason is that it's such a thing is because it's all about how we do things, the way we do what we do. And I think it's really good to have as a habit to ask what happens, what is that about? And when we encounter something different, whether it's in church or in anything in life, to ask ourselves, why? Why is that different? Because the smallest changes, believe me, the smallest changes really, really upset people. Because what you see on the surface actually goes much, much deeper. So asking why is really important. And that's what we're seeing in the gospel today. We have three main characters. Jesus, obviously, the synagogue leader, and the woman who gets healed. And most of the time when you look at this passage, we focus on Jesus and what he did and how he healed her and say, we should do likewise. He was kind to her. He welcomed her on a day he shouldn't have done. We should do the same. Other times we focus on the woman, what might have been wrong with her, how we've got things wrong with us and we need Jesus's healing. Not very often people look at the leader of the synagogue. So we're going to today. So what happens, in case you haven't remembered, Jesus breaks the Sabbath law by healing. The leader calls him out on it. Jesus explains why he is right and the leader is wrong. And everyone, not just the woman, goes away changed in some way. It's really, really easy for us to dismiss this leader as just that foil for Jesus' healing action. A bit like we come to use the Pharisees as a blanket opposition force to him. To assume that he is wrong and therefore bad. But I think we need to look at him because most of the time, 
He's the one that most of us are actually like, and therefore he deserves a closer look. Let's look at him. Faith is his job. It's what he is all about. Interpreting and teaching scripture and tradition. It's what he's been trained for. It's what he is meant to do. Now, I'm afraid I don't know enough about Jewish tradition, or certainly not Jewish tradition in the first century, but I imagine that it's something like when you get made a priest. Because at ordination, new priests are declared by the bishop to share in the oversight of the church, delighting in its beauty and its well-being, to teach and admonish, and to call to repentance. And this is what I think that teacher, that leader of the synagogue, is doing. There are Sabbath rules. The rules have been broken. It's his job to call it out for the well-being of the synagogue gathered before him. He doesn't want his people that have been given to him to care for to be led astray. But another part of the ordination service for priests calls them to watch for the signs of God's new creation. And together, these aspects must be held in balance, a steward of tradition, but always on the lookout for what God is doing new. And today's gospel is a glimpse of that critical moment for that synagogue leader. He is doing his best to do his duty, to do the job he has been given to do. And I'm sure he promised to do it faithfully. And then there's Jesus. Like I said last week, coming along with all these new ideas, he does something very differently. And our synagogue leader today is challenged by what he does. You can't do that, he panics. The Sabbath day is a day of rest. God created the world in six days and then he rested and we're supposed to be doing the same. You can't heal on the Sabbath. Now there were rules that said you could sometimes heal on the Sabbath, but they were quite prescriptive. One of them is it must be to save life imminent danger. And this woman, it would appear, is not in imminent danger, so in his Sabbath logic, she could have waited till tomorrow. Sounds harsh, but that was the rules, and rules are rules. Jesus knew that rule. He was a very good and observant Jew, so what on earth made him ignore it? Well, in Jewish tradition, there are two aspects of Sabbath. There is the idea of rest, the seventh day in creation, but then there is also the instruction to keep the Sabbath holy in recognition of their delivery from slavery in Egypt. It's not all about the rest. You hypocrites, says Jesus. He calls to the leader and to all those who are agreeing with him and opposing Jesus' healing. You say you keep the Sabbath, but you are ignoring half of why we're told to keep it in the first place. I think Jesus' logic goes a bit like this. Keep the Sabbath holy. That's the instruction. It's about remembering how God set our people free. Right, says Jesus. I stood up only back in chapter 4, and I stood in the synagogue, and I reached out for the, the scroll of Isaiah, and I read about bringing good news and setting people free who are oppressed. 
And here in front of me today is a woman who I have the power to heal and to set free right now, to not free her, even on the Sabbath of all days, would make me a hypocrite. Therefore, she must be healed. So what Jesus has done, and he challenges the leader to do, is that deep work I talk about quite often of prayerful reflection, to bring together those disparate parts of our faith and instructions and tradition. You might say that Jesus challenges him to ask the question, why? Now, we don't actually see what happens next to the leader. Does he dig in and go on the same as he always does? Or does he grow and change? Well, I think he changes. Because if you read verse 17, it says, all Jesus' opponents were put to shame and the entire crowd rejoiced. To me, that suggests that he changed. So what can we take away from this for our lives? Well, all of us right here are in a period of change and challenge, whether that's out in the world, whether that's in our personal lives, or whether it's to do with church. And in church, of course, we have the big issues that make the headlines. And then we've got the tiny little everyday things, the way we do stuff bit by bit. I go to a new place with all those differences, and in time you will have new people and priests arrive to serve you here. And even if no one changes so much as the coffee rotor, if we change nothing at all, things will still be different. And we will all encounter many things in life that challenge us. And so the question that I want to leave with you is why? It's so important to always ask why. Jesus has, re has reached his views on the Sabbath by doing his why work. The synagogue leader is changed by the challenge of that why. So when we meet change that upsets us, we should ask ourselves, why? What are we really upset about with that change? The answer might surprise you. And then we should also always try to understand the why of someone else when they do something differently to the way we think it ought to be done. And if you're brave enough, you can ask them. Actually, there's quite good dialogue that comes out of that. Children, anyone who's a parent will know, ask why a lot, particularly my children at the back. <laughs> Evie, in particular, was a big one for asking why. And Jesus tells us elsewhere in the gospel to have faith like children. And I think that means asking why. The challenge is for us to get a deeper and deeper understanding of our faith and actions, not just to sit at the surface level, but to ask why and go deeper. Because the simple approach of that's just the way we've always done things leaves everyone unchallenged, trapped, and not growing. But the power of why is that it challenges us and sets us free to grow and live out our faith authentically. And that is, I think, in keeping with Jesus' interpretation of the Sabbath. So, ask why all the time. It's a good question to ask. Amen. Amen.